Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of Success and Sales Hacks and Chats with Mike McDonald, our very special guest today. We have Chris Bentley joining me on the show. Chris, thanks for coming on. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm super pumped to be on the show. Chris is a realtor based in Dallas and he's about 15 years of experience selling real estate. He's a three times multi-million dollar producer, three years in a row, according to into our research and he is going to talk to us all about not just real estate not just business but his own journey of how he got to the other side of a lot of different things according to Chris so we've got a whole host of things to talk about lots of stories lots of experience and Chris is going to share all that with us are we all set Chris absolutely looking forward to it so let's start with at the beginning we'll start at the beginning how did you get started? What was your, your background like? How did you get involved in business and did it start young or, or not? Well, I, my family background is that my dad is an immigrant to this country through Greece. And so I was a second generation and as the boy of the family, um, you know, I just had that entrepreneurial spirit as a young man. So I, I did a lot of different things. I'm originally from the East Coast, so I would shovel snow and wash cars and, you know, sell blow pops at school and anything that I could kind of get my hands on that I, I could flip. Um, and this was before eBay and all that. So I just was very entrepreneurial. And then I graduated high school and I decided that I was really into cars at the time. So I was drag racing cars back when street racing was, uh, you know, not as taboo and not as videotaped as it is now. But, you know, so I was always into different stuff and I'd work on people's cars and get money off of that. And just, you know, always had like a side hustle doing different stuff. Um, and then I got involved in financial services and then that, you know, translated into real estate. Ah, right. So there was the... What was the transition like to, to real estate like? Was it a, a big thing or did, did something just come up? What was the, um, the actual period like? Um, I was doing financial services and there was a guy that was, you know, just doing great. And at the time we were doing loans, mortgage loans, and it was during the mortgage loan boom, the refi boom. So we were like, hey, why don't we capture some of the purchase deals too because the market was on fire this was uh like 2006 2007 and i went and got my real estate license before that and i just couldn't really i was young you know i was 25 26 so i i really didn't you know i didn't really see how you could sell real estate i was young and i was introduced to a guy and he basically took me under his wing i had to give him you know a bunch of business so I can listen to him talk and go on appointments and go to closings and understand the business. And then, um, you know, I just kind of started doing my own thing without him, but just modeled exactly what he did. And how, how did you find that? How did you find following him? Did you learn anything? Were there any pitfalls or things that you, you kind of struggled with as you were going through that? Well, it was, a lot. I mean, I did stuff that a lot of people listening probably wouldn't do. I mean, I gave them a list of people that were looking to buy or sell their home. And then I would sit there at his house and listen to him talk to each person. 
and then I would go on appointment with each person, and then uh, I'd show up at his house every day to do different things, like just you know walk through title, walk through this, walk through that, and that's just kind of how I learned it, just you know learning the ropes as I went. And I know a lot of people were just not, uh, you know, they're not willing to do that. They'd rather get their license and be like, I'll figure it out later. Just, you know, I got to make that money. And I, I short-circuited that and went the other way. It was like, let me learn the business first, and then I'll make the money. So what were the, the key takeaways then? I imagine you, you still use some of the information to that day, to, well, to that day, to this day. What? lessons did you take away from that uh the guy i learned it from is super he's really successful as well but he's super aggressive um and that's how i run my my shop so i'm super aggressive you know we're gonna get the deal or we're not we're gonna you know outdo everybody we're gonna out hustle everybody we're gonna outwork everybody so that's kind of how i what i took from him so um I mean, the guy's a hard worker, just like me. So it was just kind of a really good match. And then I just, you know, kind of intensified it a little bit. So what was the the next thing after that? Where did you go next? From there, um, where did I go from that? I was just selling. I was, at the time I was doing, I had a team of real estate agents and I had a team for, loans because we could do both at the same time there wasn't any license for loans and we were just crushing it i mean every two weeks i was making at least sixteen thousand dollars and as a 27 year old person it was <laughs> way more money than i needed so um yeah so i just you know i got kind of out of control not too bad but uh life is kind of crazy when you get that kind of money all of a sudden so um yeah, I just did that for a while, and, you know, the market busted, you know, the the recession hit, and, you know, everybody was pretty much out of work. There was no money, so I had to go get a job, and, and then just kind of different stuff, you know. I had to go work for the government for a bit with that job, and then I moved to Dallas, and I had to get used to Dallas real estate, which is different than the East Coast. So it was just, a, a, and I didn't know anybody, you know, I only knew maybe three people here, maybe four. Mm-hmm. So I had to, you know, really reestablish myself and, um, you know, six years later that I've been down here, it's it's totally different. You know, I know a lot of people and it's just, it's just different, you know, so it's, it's a good different. What was it like being, you know, not reasonably well known in a certain place because there are people that might move or travel or or just go somewhere where they don't know anybody and yet you still try to to make the business work what was that like actually it was great and i recommend it for a lot of people um because it you're working with a clean slate for me so like nobody knew me nobody knew me from anything that i've ever done or anything i ever failed at or anything like that so I wasn't pigeonholed. I was just like the new guy on the block. And when you're the new guy on the block, like everything's cool and you're like, you know, trying to figure stuff out. So um, it was really cool. Like it was just a blank slate for me. I just, I just grew it. Um, I knew I needed to get an audience. So I did a lot of uh, social media. I started a meetup group, started inviting people, starting to get to know people. 
um, started getting referrals later on in the next couple of years later. So, um, I mean, I recommend it for a lot of people just because of personal growth as well. Like, I didn't have to lean on anybody anymore. Like, I could figure anything out now. Like, I don't need anybody. So, it's just it's kind of a cool uh, way to look at it. I like the way that you, you said that um, you organize meetups and things. And that, that comes across as very different um, in terms of an approach. But I imagine that helping, given that you didn't know a lot of people at the time, that the meetup probably gave you the chance to, to reach out to people, to get to know people as, as that meetup grew. Yeah, absolutely. It was, and I still have it. It's called Plano Socialites, and we're 3,700 members. Um, yeah, it's just fun. I mean, it started out with, hey, like, I want to go check out this place. Anybody else want to go to now a very more business approach, like a website and members and, you know, membership. And we're going to be here at this time at this place. And, you know, we, we only exclude people that, you know, are, you know, we deal with people that have money instead of just, you know, just people trying to sell hairbrushes, you know? So it's like, we just, we've evolved into like an actual business instead of it just being, you know, just a bunch of people just trying to hang out. Yeah. Yeah. So how did you initially start to, to get more people to go than just the people that you already know? So how did you grow from like the kind of founding members to then starting to get the momentum going in terms of how many people started to turn up? It was just a, coinciding with social media um you know when when i first got here i didn't know anybody and kind of started it and i was like yeah i'm thinking about getting a real estate license to hey like i have a real estate license now and like i'm closing deals like do you guys want to like see what i'm doing kind of deal and then it's just kind of uh snowball because then i can show listings i can show appointments i can show you know videos and stuff like that so it's just kind of more compounded the fact that i was for real and wasn't you know, this wasn't a hobby. Yeah, I think there's a definite shift when when we start to go from that hobby that we're paid for to this idea of, right, I'm now a business owner now. I'm now running this thing and it has to become more of a priority. It has to be something that I'd, I actually dedicate my life to, to a certain extent. How many times did, did you have that moment when you started taking things seriously? Because you've, you've been through quite a lot o- over the years. So how, how often have you actually had that conversation of, okay, this is it now. It's not just a hobby anymore. This is something that I've got to commit to. I really didn't have that conversation until I actually filed the LLC paperwork, like the legal documentation for it. Because right. at the time I was just like, eh, well, whatever, like I could take it or leave it. And now I'm like, okay, well, I have to like, you know, actually make an effort on this thing and not, you know, just wing it. Cause I would just wing it. I'd be like, Oh, we're going to go to this place. And then I'd be like, Oh, this place sucks. Let's go to the next place. You know? And I couldn't do that anymore. I had to be like, this is where we're going to be at. You know, this is what we're going to talk about. Um, you know, these are speakers, different stuff. So it was just more, uh, business oriented. And I just got into it like, okay, this is it. Like I can't fool around anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I imagine you, you run into a lot of roadblocks then, like trying to, to figure it out. And then now it's become serious, right? You file the, the paperwork and you're like, right, 
this is it. No more messing around. It's kind of inside your own head. But that probably still still caused you to hit roadblocks and road bumps. So what sort of defining moments would you be able to share with us? And what were the lessons learned from that? Uh, I mean, there's been a lot, you know, with, uh, with just my career in general. It's just, you know, people just start taking notice more. So I, you know, I won the 2018-2017 Best Realtor in, in Dallas. So that was cool. And that kind of put me on the spot um, to be in a magazine. And, you know, I've, I've won the, the multi-million dollar trophies. And those are cool, too, the awards. Um, but, you know, just getting out there and, you know, doing podcasts like I'm on here with you and doing videos and, like a lot of social proof, you know, like you can say that you're the greatest, but you know, what are you really listing? You know, what are your clients saying? What are your reviews like? Uh, just, you know, all that stuff compounds. There's no real way of you know, identifying like an ROI of, of the things that you do. It's just everything kind of compounds itself. Um, this year has been a lot different for me just because I've gotten really heavy on, uh, podcasts. I've gotten really heavy on SEO and Google and just, you know, trying to push different things. Like I have a couple of different companies that I have and just getting, you know, giving people more things to research has enabled me to uh, kind of stand out from the crowd. So you can go on and like just Google my name and you can see all the different companies that I run. You can see all the podcasts that I've been on, all the videos, all the different stuff. So if somebody's like, hey, I'm thinking about selling my house or I'm thinking about buying a house, who's this Chris guy? And then they can just, you know, Google my name and they're like, oh, wow, or, you know, search engine query, however you want to do it. And, you know, you just find me. Was there any particular, any particular sort of crunch points, any particular turning points that I guess you would see as, like, they probably... You know, if you, we always have moments, don't we, where we look back and go, oh, if I never did that, then I wouldn't be where I am today. Or if I ever did that, then I wouldn't have had this opportunity or this thing wouldn't have happened or, you know, any, any number of things. But, you know, you mentioned that it was compounded, but were there any, like, ones that tend to be a bit more, a bit more like that than the others? Um... Definitely getting in the magazine was good. Uh, definitely getting the website up and running. Uh, you know, getting some books out was cool. That definitely helped. Um, it's just a lot of, a lot of, uh, a lot of content pushed out. But I don't think there was really like one defining moment. Like I've arrived. Like this is it. Um, I I haven't really had that yet. You know, uh, I've I flirted with being on TV with, through a different. Uh, through A and E on one of the on a show like on a dating show, but like all that stuff was cool. Just uh, I never really had just one moment. It was always just compounded on each other, and you know, like I don't know, like for me as an entrepreneur and a business owner, like I don't really stop and really think about all that kind of stuff. I'm just always kind of moving on, like oh yeah, yeah, that's cool, and then I'm like on to the next problem because yeah. you know, like you can only enjoy it for you know, five seconds before you have some other issues that pop. So, Yeah, I mean, it definitely comes across from the people that I've spoken to is that 
it becomes a way of life, this idea of like solving problems. <clears throat> it becomes a way of going about your day, about your week, about your, you know, your life essentially is you see what needs to be solved or you see what fire needs to be put out, which means essentially you train yourself to look for that eventually, don't you? You train yourself to look for the problem or look for the fire that you need to put out. And it does, doesn't exactly help when people start talking about things like, oh, you've got to celebrate your wins and you've got to do this and you've got to take time out and you've got to you know, do all those things that when you're actually in it and when you're actually working hard at it and it becomes a big part of, you know, a big part of who you are as a person, that can be something that you don't want to do. So it causes you to go, well, I don't really have the time to stop and smell the flowers, so to speak, because I've got this thing to do and this thing to do. So it's almost like the, the hardest things to do or to, to stop and reflect on something because, you know, the world moves so fast. Yeah, I mean, I can kind of compare it to – I'm a big sports person, so I kind of compare it to, uh, like, the NFL playoffs or the NBA playoffs where you've beaten that team and now, like, next week you got to prepare for another team. You can't really just be like, oh, we beat – you know, we beat those guys. Like, well, like, next week's even tougher. So, you know, I can't really sit there and, you know – talk about that one win have to kind of get to the next one yeah 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 but in the in the pre-interview chat and it's going to be bouncing about a little bit but you mentioned that you actually came back from bankruptcy so talk to us a little bit about that yeah i've been i've been bankrupt once legally and then actually twice uh actually maybe three times now um and just never really filed uh i got bailed out either way but uh, what is it, two years ago now, uh, I bought every single zip code that I can find in Dallas area, and I had like, you know, multiple thousands of dollars of, you know, bills coming in every month for, for leads, and my idea was uh, if I bought all the leads, then I would have, you know, income coming in because I'd have enough leads generating that I could pay off each deal. Well, the problem was that the company that I was buying the leads from uh, got delisted from Google and like switched platforms or something like that. So uh, anytime somebody went on to Google to, you know, look up a house, they weren't showing up. So I spent thousands and thousands of dollars. So I had nothing really coming in and anything I didn't have come in, you know, was just basically paying for rent or my car or, you know, just food. So I was struggling and I ended up, I had to lease, I leased a car, which I'm not too happy about, but at least a car at the time. And, um, yeah, I was at least less than 30 days away from moving into my car. So it was really bad. Like I was eating eggs and bacon for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Cause it's like the cheapest thing that you can find. Uh, I was doing whatever I could do to like scrounge up some money. But when you have just, you know, an unbelievable amount of debt every single month, it's just, I mean, you become like kind of depressed and stagnant because you're like, well, like I could go do this, but then I'm still a couple thousand dollars short. You know, you just end up like kind of falling into a hole and you can't really dig yourself out of. So what did you do to, to actually turn that around then? Because obviously I'm assuming you're not bankrupt now. So no. you, you, had, you had to get to the other side of that somehow. So talk to us about the, the steps that got you there. Uh, I had to get a job. 
so I had to get some money coming in and then I didn't stop the hustle. So even though I was working a job, I was still setting up appointments. I was still doing my videos, my, you know, posts on social media. I was still doing everything I could to still keep the hustle. Um, but I just had to work that nine to five to get some money moving in. And then I actually got another job just doing like some side hustle marketing for a company for a, uh, for a bar. So I was working, man, like 18 hours a day, even more sometimes. So, you know, I go to work in the morning, I wake up early, go to work and then I get off of work, come home, like change and then be out the door, like showing houses or doing that marketing for the company, that bar that I was working at, just whatever I could do to kind of get some money rolling in. So yeah, it was tough times. And uh, I definitely don't recommend anybody falling into that mindset of, Oh, I could just buy a whole bunch of leads and then, you know, the leads will take care of itself because that doesn't work the same way as it does for other industries because real estate takes forever. You know, some people, you know, they're looking six months out. Some people are looking a year out, you know, and you're, you're trying to hang on to that person to get that deal in the next 30 days. It just doesn't happen like that. So you, you got the, the job initially just to give you that, that level of security then, or at least a foundation of income, I guess. And then you were able to, to build on that then. How, how did you go about going from job and business to business by itself? Because that, that comes across as something that can be quite popular, i.e. there could be people out there that are in a similar situation. They have a job, so they've got some element of a, a foundation. You know, it covers their covers their bills, covers their initial expenses. And then the business is something that's like it grows and it does really well. But then they hit that crunch point, don't they, where they go, okay, can I go all in on the business now? Or should I stick with the job? I mean, talk about what your experience was. Uh, For me, I would not jump so i know you know i I listen to a lot of motivational stuff and talk about jumping and jumping is great but you only jump when you have enough income or more income than you are that that you're making at your current employment so you have to really take that into a factor because a lot of times the only reason you're able to do that side hustle is because you got you know your main hustle going which is your nine to five so um but there's also a lot of people that think that, you know, not working that side hustle, like a full-time job is really like the way to go. And that's not like, you have to treat them both as like full-time jobs. So even though I had that job, like I would still come home after work and start calling people, you know, be like 501 or, you know, I stop and eat some, grab some fast food or something and come home and, you know, just, go to work so i'd work until five until uh let's see probably nine o'clock calling people if i didn't have appointments and then from there um, following up on emails sending out you know, market analysis doing a bunch of different stuff so and there's a lot of times i didn't get to bed till 12 one o'clock in the morning so i guess there was a lot of a lot of long days there then a lot of like working even though you were tired I mean did you spend any time like looking after yourself as well like your own sort of health and well-being while you were doing that or did you just sort of suck it up and keep going uh 
Yeah, I mean, there wasn't really a whole lot of that. I mean, there was, you know, a couple of gym days, but for me, I just get so focused when I'm like, you know, backed up against the wall that I just kind of mentally say, okay, this is it. Like I got to focus a hundred percent on this pain right here. Cause this pain is huge. Like I got to get out of this debt. I have no money. Like this is painful. Like I need to focus on this. I don't sit there and, you know, really fool around with a lot of that other stuff in terms of like, Oh, well, you know, like I have some time off. Let me go hit the gym. Like I don't, that's not the way I kind of work. So it's not really healthy, like to kind of put it into perspective, but, um, you know, you got to do what you got to do sometimes. And that's what I just do. I just work, just hustle. Yeah, yeah. Is there ever an element of quality over quantity when it comes to the tasks that you do? Or maybe quantity over quality. Sometimes doing a lot of something outworks the time that you would spend thinking about what the smart thing would do, you know, the time that you spend thinking about it, well, you could be spending time doing it and growing it and developing it over time. So what are your thoughts on things like hustle, but then you've got, well, you want to do the right things. Otherwise lots of the wrong things might not get you anywhere, but then does it ever balance out whereby because of how much you're doing <clears throat> the time that you spend doing that, you know, you mentioned the, um, the compound effect and things building up over time. So how how does that play into it then? The idea of doing a lot, but then you've got to do the right things as well. Which one would you say was the the balance if it has to be tilted at all? For me, you have to do the stuff that's going to get you paid. So I learned that from one of my brokers that I was at for a while. And uh, what he said was really compound it through the years he said you know all the other stuff like the admin stuff and all the the stuff that isn't going to get you paid that can wait like the stuff that could get you paid is the stuff you work on so i mean there's just a lot of that stuff like i i have to reconcile a bunch of statements for my accounting for uh, taxes coming up and my accountant's getting upset with me because i got showings to do like i got you know I have an amazon store so I have a bunch of stuff to box up and ship and she's like, well, you know, you got to get that stuff out for, you know, the 15th for IRS. And I'm like, well, you know, like I got to make money first. So that has to, you know, that has to be put back on the side. So um, it's just a different mindset. You know, like I'm a, I'm, I'm a different person than probably a lot of uh, entrepreneurs out there that have like families and stuff like that. I don't really have that. I'm a single dude. I just hustle. Um, but I have pretty lofty goals and some really big stuff that I want to accomplish in my lifetime and some people maybe not like maybe they just want to make a couple extra bucks to buy a big screen tv or you know get tickets to the Cowboys game or something like that's that's small stuff for me like I have some really big ambitions so what what is the future for you then what where do you see where do you see yourself going so you prioritize hustle you know single guy you potentially got a lot of time that you could spend on your business as well so some would say that it's a perfect storm so to speak for you to be able to to make these goals happen but what are they uh i wanted to get to the 14 million range uh cash liquid um there's a couple of different things i want to do with that uh i have my hedge fund so we reported great earnings for the quarter um, so it's just a lot of like small stuff that I, I, I have that I want to get done. And when I mean by small, they're large, but it's just stuff that, 
I wanted to do personally that's you know like on my vision board kind of deal um, but yeah just you know that's that's what I have so but things could change you know this year has been a real big change for me because I hired a team or a team actually kind of came on so that helped me out a lot in terms of showings and being able to free my time up to uh, prospect more which is ideally what you want to do uh, with any business and then uh, I actually hired a team admin team to help me with stuff so like I have a lot of great projects but you know me spending an hour or two hours trying to figure out a platform to you know get the projects rolling versus you know just paying somebody to do that saves me a lot of time so uh, I just been having that real mentality of if I could save an hour and use that for prospecting and making money versus, you know, spending, you know, 50 bucks for somebody to, you know, research a project for me. So it's just different mentality. At what point did you go from saving money to starting to spend money to then save time? Well, how did you make that shift? Uh, that happened this year. Uh, a buddy of mine came on board as a team member for real estate and, um, Anytime you become a leader or, or, you know, as a team, you have to step up your game and, uh, you know, people are looking up to you for not only leadership, but also lead by example. So, you know, I couldn't slack off and be like, oh, yeah, this is kind of how you do it and be like, no, this is how you do it. And, you know, what's going on? I had to do like a lot of follow up with uh, them to see like, what are they going, what's happening with them? You know, are they, is their business going where they wanted to go uh, what kind of troubles are they having with their clients stuff like that so I had to really step up my game as a leader on the team you know to to get that done so it's just a lot more focused this year than anything yeah it sounds good I mean is that income related whereby once you've got to a certain point you could then do that or because one of the things that strikes a lot of people and particularly the people that could be listening is sometimes people start to do that once they have the money. Mm-hmm. But the impression that, that I get is that <clears throat> you potentially had the money for a while before you then started to, to sort of think that way. So is it about having the money to do that or is it about having the shift because people that have a lot of money still might not spend it in that way. So it's about how they invest it. Right? Mm-hmm. So that, how, how did you sort of make that shift? Um, you have to be kind of comfortable with your financial situation. So I'm pretty comfortable as it is. And then I realized that me spending hours trying to figure something out versus talking to somebody that has done it before saves me time and that time I have to use for prospecting. So if I were to give a project out to you to go do, like I can't just be like, oh cool, like thanks for doing that. I'm gonna go to the pool. Well you can't really do that. Like you gotta spend your time wisely to make up the money that you're spending for me to give you that project. So for me that's kind of how I look at it. So I'm like, okay, I'm gonna give you that project to do, but at the same time that, you know, say five hundred dollars that you're gonna charge me, I gotta make that money up 
in the time that I'm giving you to do it. So I'm on the phone, I'm looking at my leads, I'm following up stuff, you know, I'm sending out emails, I'm doing everything I can to generate new business. So that $500 check that I cut to you is no big deal because I already made 10 grand. So it's just, it's just a different mindset. Like once you get over the fact that you already have money and you're just trying to get to the next level, it's just a totally different mindset. Yeah, I mean, I get a funny feeling that it is about that investment, isn't it? It's about having, it's about having that ability to invest in something, knowing that you'll get what you want out of it. You know, whether it's time, whether it's energy, whether it's you know improving your health and fitness or your business or advertising or whatever it is. It's almost like if you get what you want out of it, then you know the financial investment to get that, you know, it isn't as big of a deal. Because mm-hmm. what you want at the end. Exactly. So before we we wrap things up, Chris, uh, I really enjoyed it. Actually, I've made tons of notes. Hopefully, people listening are doing the same thing. Before we get to the last couple of questions, where can people find out more about you? This is your chance to share websites and social media and anything that you'd like to offer our listeners. Yeah, if you just go to Chris D as in Danger Bentley dot com. Uh, or Chris D. Bentley through social media, either Facebook, LinkedIn, uh, Instagram. I'm not really too much on Snap. Um, But yeah, anywhere you can find me, you can find me on YouTube. You can find me just about everywhere. Um, And you can look me up. Uh, You can look up, you know, I wrote three books, uh, e-books, if any of the people listening would like that. Um, I'll send you all three. Just hit me on a DM or through a message. I'll send you those. Uh, you know, I'll answer any questions you guys have, any of the listeners have. Um, always willing to help. Uh, I can't give out too many of my secrets, but I can, you know, just kind of shed some light on some stuff, especially people that are kind of going through some hard times like I have. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, you know, being a realtor and being uh, not a realtor, but like a business owner or entrepreneur, uh, there's a lot of down moments. You know, there's a lot of uh, depression. There's a lot of just, you know, uh, loneliness as being an entrepreneur. So it's just, you know, it's tough. So uh, it's good to have other people to listen to. Like I listen to a lot of Gary Vee. I listen to uh, some Steve Harvey. I listen to some different people. Um, just kind of help you on your journey because you might pick up something from them. Yeah, you never know. You never know what can happen. Um, aside from your own books then, Chris, do you have any other recommendations for us? Any books that you read that have, not just that have inspired you, but maybe books that have gave you something that you were able to go and use while you were on your journey? Uh, not really books. Um, I just listen to a lot of YouTube. So I just, you know, I used to, and I still do for the most part, I listen to about an hour of motivation in the morning and about an hour of motivation at night. And it could be anything. It could be, you know, you're interested in listening to, uh, you know, Gary Vee, or you could be interested in listening to uh, anybody really, whatever you're really into. Um, And just listening, you know, a lot of times I'll listen to something three or four or five different times, even podcasts, and I'll catch something that, you know, I didn't catch before. Like I've been listening to a lot of David Goggins and he is uh, unreal. And some of the stuff that he talks about doesn't necessarily pertain to me, but just listening to the stuff that he went through and how he's overcome it, you know, it's just kind of really inspiring to kind of think about some of the stuff that I've done as well. 
Yeah, I can definitely see how few you can kind of relate to David as well in the way that he talks about the adversity helping him. Like that's kind of what what it's all about. It's almost like without it, like you don't really get anywhere. Like the the people that are achieving something and got to the other side of the adversity in the first place. That's what gave them the strength to to push on. You know. So, yeah, no, I completely completely agree with that. David's a pretty inspiring guy. Just before we go then, last question for you. So I ask all my guests this, and we've had crazy answers to <laughs> to um, answers that you probably have to listen to the show to understand. Things like, you know, dancing naked and listening to classical music. And we've had, I mean, the classical music was a tough guy. So it was kind of like, wasn't exactly uh, <laughs> you know, what we were talking about. But uh, the question is, what would you like the world to know about you that it doesn't already know? Huh, that's a good one. Uh, and I spent, here, here you go, here's a good one. I spent a large portion of my childhood in a hospital. So, yeah, so I, uh, when I was a kid, I had a lot of different medical issues. Uh, you know, I, I grew up in a not- the greatest household in the world and I'm sure people have had worse so I don't really want to dwell on that too much but uh yeah I spent a lot of time in a hospital um on and off and it was tough man it was real tough and I, I draw a lot of inspiration off of that sometimes yeah yeah I, I spent the uh the first Christmas in a hospital I've got uh, cystic fibrosis and, wow. and diabetes mate so so yeah i uh first christmas in a hospital that's one of my claims to fame if you will hospital wise wow so yeah crazy stuff all right well do you have anything else that you would like to share with us just before you go anything that you think that would benefit the listeners and then we will finish uh one thing that's really helped me out, and I, I believe it's going to help a lot of people if they really, really listen, is to have patience. Patience is the number one deal killer of everything. And when I was coming up in doing financial services, I was making three or $400 a month, and I was comparing myself to other people, which obviously was a terrible thing to do, and I didn't know any better, and I quit. And if I had just stayed with it, and stay with the 300 or $400 a month, I would be a lot further along than where I am right now. Sounds good, Chris. Well, again, thanks for coming on. I appreciate you taking the time, and I'm sure we'll keep in touch. Absolutely. Thank you for having me.